welcome to State of Mind, the C-Press podcast with me, Grace Kingswell. This podcast series is an exploration into the lives of our guests, what drives them, how they've got to where they are now, and how they balance their work lives to maintain their state of mind. Today, I'm talking to the beautiful Talia Storm. Also, what a name, this girl was made for showbiz. Talia is a singer and was discovered by Elton John. I still can't quite get over that. And today she's going to be telling us just how that happened, her career path to where she is now, her experience with being on TV, and we also discuss her battle to stay healthy and make savvy food choices. The health and fitness world can be pretty overwhelming and confusing at times. And I think Talia is a good example of someone trying to find the right path for them. And if you stay tuned to the end of the episode, we're going to be playing Talia's brand new single, World on the Slope, in full. And let me tell you, it is such a great song. So stay tuned for that. But for now, sit back and relax because you are about to enter the Seapress state of mind. with Talia Storm, which I'm so excited about. Um, Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be here with the lovely Grace. (laughs) Um, And today we're going to talk all things... Well, it's a tough one because Talia is a bit of an all-rounder, I reckon. Um, I first knew you as as a singer, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started doing my research and my stalking on you um, when I knew you were coming (laughs) over. And you've had the most insane career and you're turning 20 in like a couple of weeks I have had you're you're a baby I am a baby (laughs) but I've had an amazing journey so far um you know I started singing when I was very young as you know when I was about 12 11 and when I was 13 I was lucky enough to open Sir Elton John's concert in Scotland mind was blown when I found that out still to this day I pinch myself when I think about it when I like when I even just like lie in bed at night and I'm like look at photos and I'm like was that really me yeah on that stage in front of like 15,000 people young Talia Storm at 13 but from I was whenever I was a very young girl I knew that this is what I wanted to do I wanted to perform I wanted to be on stage I wanted to sing live you know I would dance around the house and I would sing you know what's for dinner to um you know can I have a shower now everything would be sung everything would be in verse and I just knew that it was kind of almost in my blood so yeah yeah, I'm just I'm on this amazing journey and I am just really excited to see where it will take me and I will not give up Good. Can you tell us how it all came? Like, how did, I mean, a general person doesn't really have access to Elton John. So how did that so, come about? Nor did Talia Storm have access to Elton John. So I was on holiday for my granddad's 80th birthday. And on the last night, when we were meant to go flying home. He got very ill. So we had to change hotel. And this is this is literally where, when you talk about fate. So we changed hotel. We were only in this this hotel for one night and um, we found out there was a bit of like a murmur in the hotel that Elton John was staying there we're all like wait what um, and we're in America at this point and he's like yeah 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 Elton John's staying here so I'm like oh my gosh this 13 year old is like I have to meet Elton John so I'm like walking about the hotel with my demo in hand like I just need to meet him obviously Elton John's not going to walk right through a lobby he takes the bag <laughs> exit you know I'm sure he takes like um, staff lifts just not to be seen but um <laughs> My dad comes down at the end of the night and he's like, oh my God, I've just seen Elton John on the left. I'm like, no, you're kidding. So that confirmed he was in the hotel. Obviously, if he's done the lift once, not going to do the lift twice. So um, the next morning, I'd given up all hope and David Furnish, who was Elton John's partner, was sitting two tables away from us at breakfast. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is my moment. This is my chance. So I wrote a little note. I took my little brother, who was four at the time, an absolutely adorable, blonde hair and blue eyes. And I marched on up to David Furnish and I was like, look, please sorry to interrupt. I was a nervous wreck, but is there any chance you would be able to pass my demo tape to Sir Elton John? And I was like shaking at this point. How did you have the courage? I oh my know. gosh. I think when you're young, you get away with it. It's kind of like, what did I have to lose? If you, if he said no, no one would know. And mm. I think that's what people have to realise nowadays that, you know, rejection is okay if he had said no. But yeah. thankfully he didn't say no. He was like, oh my goodness, I know this person from Scotland. And we started having Scottish chat and he was like, yeah, totally. I will pass this on to Elton. So I went back to my breakfast table. I told my parents and they were a bit like... Great, like not for a minute did they think that well, did they think that he you he would wouldn't never hear anything oh, yeah. and your hopes just be dashed you know these people are so um 
so incredible and so you know famous essentially and talented that you just wouldn't think that uh, they would pass it on because I'm sure they get hundreds of demo tapes I'm sure they at the time I'm sure they got millions of people going up to them uh, I don't really think photos were in at the time we didn't quite have iPhones it was more mm. like Sony Ericsson flip phones um but uh yeah 24 hours later I was going home flying via San Francisco to get home and my mobile rang when I was walking through security and it was Sir Elton John oh my gosh and what did she say what did so you say I was like shaking I was like hello because how did he introduce himself like hi this is Sir Elton or just like it, hello um, no, my no, name's Elton John n- no no sir hi it's Elton it's Elton Amazing. and I'll never forget this because my phone hadn't rung on holiday it was like a as I said my Sony Ericsson flip phone and um it was an American number that came up so I was like I just assumed it was like the hotel or something like mm. maybe I'd forgot something anyway um Sir Elton said that he loved my voice he loved my soul signature he loved my songs um which I had written uh, at the time with my dad which were all on my demo and he was just like oh my goodness like who manages you and I was like oh my goodness like my mom and he was like oh my my goodness you guys are like the swear words uh waltons of the family business of the music yeah. business um yeah so at the time i didn't understand what that meant but i guess that was a tv show the waltons so um yeah, yeah i'm just so incredibly lucky to for him to have followed through and phoned me and um he asked me if i would like to open his concert in scotland <laughs> oh my god so six months later young tally storm performed in front of 15,000 people on that Falkirk football stadium which I guess essentially is my hometown yeah it was just a dream come true and um straight after the set we got backstage to go meet him because you know essentially this was a huge risk for Ellen you know he'd never heard me sing live he'd only heard my demos but he just obviously believed in my demos and my signature that much that he thought that he would give me this break and you know I think it's easy to overlook what he did but you know I wouldn't be where I am now without that because Mm. he literally changed my life and I'll forever be grateful to Sir Elton for giving me that platform but now it's just about me um wanting to prove him right you know I want to work hard I want to stay grounded I want to just focus on my music you know everything else is great you know I do a lot of tv at the moment you know I do a lot of you know social media but essentially these are just paying my bills you know at the end of the day it's all funding my studio time it's funding um my new records being made so I just want to do Elton Proud. I want to show him that I was the right gamble, the right 13-year-old to open his concert. So that's kind of where my head's at at the moment. So those six, because I didn't realise that there was such a big gap between him calling you and then you doing the performance. Mm -hmm. Those six months must have been, I'm probably really exciting. Was it terrifying? Well, those six months, I was was actually very lucky to have six months because I felt as if it was six months for me to get my Beyonce on, like, (laughs) like, you know, um, scales every single day, you know, practice my craft, you know, I'm not much of a dancer, but at least I focused on, you know, dance lessons, getting my rhythm right, um, stage presence, all these things that you didn't necessarily think about when you were 13, you were just Mm. focusing on your tone. Um, But it was the best thing ever, you know, I got my diet right, I was there, I was the 13, I got my diet right very quickly. because when I was younger, I never used to eat well. But I feel like from 13 is when it clicked, this whole Elton thing. And I started to like eat right. I started to feel better. Um, and it, it essentially, it just kind of turned my life around because the moment I started eating better, my asthma started getting, you know, a lot less, um, a lot less, you know, awful, having such a bad effect on me. And everything just started falling into place. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my that was just kind of Project Storm was a go-go. The train had left the station. So- <laughs> So amazing. I mean, yeah, what you just hear that kind of story like once in a million, don't you? You do still to this day. I'm like, you know, did that really happen? Um, and honestly, it's a blessing. I'm so, so grateful for it. And, you know, now I'm just excited to get new music out. I have a yeah. new single coming out on the the end of the month. And I am just excited to just keep releasing songs, keep showing people what I can do, keep showing, you know, almost the evolution of Tally Storm, the fact mm. that I'm growing into my 20 year old self yeah I can't get over the fact that you're I mean you just seem I'm not even that old but you just seem you're, the same you're age you're as me you're not old at all I feel old in comparison I to know. you and also you know I like to think that I've achieved some things in my life but it's just amazing what you've done and you've kind of built this whole like you were mentioning there you've got this huge social media presence you're doing a lot of tv 
and you've kind of built this whole persona that's you're quite in the public spotlight aren't you you're you're yeah 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 definitely I mean a lot of people just because Instagram's become trendy now I think Mm. a lot of people think that it's easy and you can just if you take nice photos and you caption them well you'll get a big following for me She's sorry. She's just, we'll get on to this, but she's just cycled like nine hundred miles. Well, how far is it? You said? A gazillion miles. <laughs> we'll get on to that. There's a reason she's tired. Yes. Sorry, carry um, on. So I think nowadays people think that it's very easy to just get a big following if your Instagram pictures are right, if your captions are funny. But you know, I've I've had an Instagram page since I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. I have been working on this content yeah, <laughs> for hashtag all this quality time. Content. Hashtag content. Um. So it's just about you know. Um, consistency is king you know sometimes I know content is king but consistency is even more of a king because um it's easy to take a good photo but it's not easy to take a good photo every single day yeah and um I feel like that's essentially is a full-time job on top of my music because you know for me that's how I grow my fan base it's how loads of new people discover me from all around the world Mm. you know I have you know I was looking at my insights and I have, I have quite a big following of Sweden now. Like Sweden. I've never even been there. So it's just people are finding me via They're Instagram. They're quite into their pop music, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. And especially because my music's more R&B, I think they, they, they like discovering new talent and essentially yeah. I am new talent. So, um, yeah, I'm just in a, a really good place right now. I'm just working really hard. Just trying to prove everyone that I am here for the long run. I'm not here for five minutes of fame or five minutes of success. I yeah. really want to, um, you know, focus on music and songwriting. And, you know, I think that, that it's, it really is a blessing that um, I didn't have that kind of... Um, five minutes of superstardom when I was 13, 14 or even maybe 15 because the, the almost the, the waiting and the growth has really made me like a songwriter that I am now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm writing and singing about issues that I never experienced before. Um, my new song that's coming out, it's called World in a Slope and it really is about mental health and um, dealing with um, life, essentially, being young and yeah. just the pressure of just the world on your shoulders the weight of the world and I never had that before my mum got ill last year and I'd never really realised what you know what anxiety is and what depression is mm. and what um, not feeling 100% is so I feel as if like I can now use my platform in a good way I can use my voice in a good way to you know sing about issues that need addressed um, talk about things that need spoken about and um, just tell everybody that's okay not to be okay so that's kind of where I sit and I'm really excited to get this new music out amazing it must be quite hard having this kind of massive online following and then dealing with um stuff that's going on in your life you mentioned your mum not being that well last year and I know she's a massive I mean role like role model for you really look up to her she she's had an incredible career herself um hugely successful businesswoman in fashion I think it is mm-hmm. um how did you deal with all of that when that kind of came up and you were trying to be because I think and a lot of people we've had on the podcast do have quite big social media followings and I think that it can be really hard to be happy 100% of the time can't it and yet everyone's got their own stuff going on in their own lives and how do you deal with that yeah I think for me I think my biggest problem I I am awful for comparing myself to other people and I have a friend that said a really lovely thing to me the other day and it's you know when I wake up in the morning it's just I'm 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 independent it's just me my mom and my dad um and it's three people that wake up and think about Tally Storm Mm. these big superstars there is probably about 100 to 200 people that wake up every single morning and think Beyonce um you know that think Adele that think um you know Ellie Goulding this is there's a team of people around them so I feel like we all we're all on a journey and we all need to stop comparing ourselves to other people you know you don't know what they've had to go through to get Mm -hmm. there you don't know what they've had to sacrifice and although Instagram is this just big facade of everything looking perfect and everything looking lovely and just wonderful you know avocado toast with you know a nice (laughs) definitely guilty of that a nice outfit you know it's it's not you don't know what's gone on behind that yeah. you know I think so, that's also really valuable though isn't it because I mean I know there's there is so so much of a backlash against um social media being this kind of um show reel of you know not not real life and a lot of people have come out and spoken about that but I find it really I, I think it's also 
a really positive thing because it does sometimes give you that inspiration and sometimes you know it's like escapism in a way isn't it mm-hmm. um just getting a glimpse into a life that's really far flung from yours I think you can kind of spin it around and turn that into a positive experience as well and not it not have to be such a negative um you know I'm my life isn't as good as theirs Mm -hmm. type feeling I don't know if you agree with that but no I 100% agree I was um reading a great article in the times the other day talking about fake news and they were saying that you know fake news isn't you it's just because we've labeled it you know fake news has always been around um so I think that's exactly what social media is now. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't social media, there was something else there. And, um, you know, I, I get essentially magazines were bigger, newspapers was bigger. That Newspapers and magazines showed these celebrities and these, you know, essentially bloggers and influencers. They were just labelled differently. And there's always been this, you know, there's a better life out there. And that's what yeah. Instagram is. It's, oh my goodness, she's got a better life than me. But um, it's, I guess it's just important to focus on yourself, you know, stop comparing yourself to other people and, you know, realising that you are good enough and you're on your own journey. And, you know, I, I, I recently I've just been downloading all these kind of mindfulness apps and, you know, they really do help. Mm. You know, um, I banged my head a couple of weeks ago. And it was the weirdest thing. Yes, I, you did. You were in hospital, I, I was in hospital and I feel like I am like always going I am always on I never stop I love working I love doing my emails at like 11 o'clock at night I love waking up I love rehearsing I love recording and I just never stop and when I hit my head on the slide it was like oh my goodness like I'm well, not hit, invincible sorry, you hit your head where I hit my head on a slide were you going down a so slide so this is what happened there's a <laughs> There's this giant slide at the Olympic Park. This is good. I'm saying this. So if you're near the Olympic Park, don't do this. You know, stay away. Stay away. It's absolutely really dangerous. There's this. It's called the Olympic Slide, and it's at the Royal Orbit Metal, which is its um, professional name. And it's like a good slide, but it's like last thirty seconds because there's eleven bends to it. Oh my and god! On the first bend, I slam my head against the side of this tube slide, this metal tube slide. And I got the fright of my life. I did not expect it. And next year I've got 10 more turns on the slide to go down when I've just hit my head. I've literally almost knocked <sighs> myself out. And I got to the bottom and I was in that much shock. I couldn't speak. So like everyone, nobody realised I'd hit my head. Obviously I'm in this tube and that was it from there. I had two weeks of like dizziness, like awful. And I had to go to hospital, like I had to get MRIs. It was just very scary. I'm very, I'm absolutely fine now. It's just... Things like that, you're like, actually, you're not invincible. You yeah. just have to slow down. Yeah. Your time will be your time. Patience. I think yeah. that is, for me, that's like my number one slogan of 2018, patience. I think especially for the music industry, that's such a valuable yeah. um, piece of advice, isn't it? Because, yeah. well, actually, I think for anything, you know, we we all walk around thinking that... Um, people are can be like overnight success stories you know we suddenly we suddenly hear about this newest the newest blogger or the the you know the, you know newest celebrity or whatever and and we think it's they're an overnight success and then you you know they've been working for years to get to where they you, are you know you really exactly you really don't know what goes on behind the scenes and I think nowadays everyone just feels like they're entitled to success mm. and they deserve it now and it's like well you know maybe maybe they did work a wee bit harder maybe they've been doing it for longer you know I think we just all need to be a little bit patient and I'm speaking to myself right now because yeah. I am very impatient I am you know recently I recently I've just needed to just turn off my phone and stop looking at other people's profiles focus on myself yeah focus on my music throw it into my songwriting and um what will be will be so what's your um what's your end goal then what's like the the ultimate ultimate goal yeah ultimate goal I mean essentially a world tour that's where I lie I want to win a Grammy one day world domination world domination baby I want to win a Grammy I want to tour the world and I just want to sing live every day for the rest of my life you know for me it is my dream is to like get on stage and for like thousands of people to be singing my songs that I wrote I mean I performed in Dundee um two weeks ago and it was for the V&A um, 3D light show and the, v- the Dundee have just opened a new V&A amazing. so it was an amazing 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 event and um, Primal Scream were headlining and there was like 10,000 people there and you know you could uh, when I was singing Girls Are Changing the World a couple of people were singing along and it was great but 10,000 people weren't singing along yeah. so 10,000 people were enjoying themselves so my goal is for you know to do that gig 10,000 people and every single person yeah. there just knows yeah. my songs so you know I'm still a new artist I'm still um you know, get excited when I'm put on New Music Friday on Spotify. Um, I get excited when I see 
like fans on Instagram tagging me in videos, singing along to my songs, you know, making edits. This is this is all just so it means so much to me, just because I feel like it's just all worth it. Yeah. Do you think that ever gets old? Like if you're Ed Sheeran and you see people, I'd like to think no. I would like to think no, but I'm not sure. I I think when you've seen the world and yeah. performed to that many hundreds of thousands every night. Because sometimes you go to, um, this happened to us the other evening, we went to see uh, a concert and it was an artist that we, it's huge and Mm -hmm. we absolutely loved. And we went and we were just so disappointed. He didn't speak to, he didn't speak to the crowd once. He was really self-indulgent, didn't look up from his guitar, didn't play any of his, like, I think if you're going to charge, you know, 60 quid per ticket or whatever, you at least should play some of your hits that, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that people are really there for. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I just found that quite self-indulgent. And maybe that's yeah. because it's so jaded from just all this time. I don't know. I mean, it would be very easy for me to go, yeah, you're right, that's mm-hmm. wrong right now. But I guess he's been at it or whoever yeah. it is has been at it a long time and maybe like what you're saying maybe he wasn't feeling well that day maybe yeah, something happened behind the scenes let's scratch off the record I feel like I feel <laughs> I'm being really harsh I'm so sorry <laughs> um okay so can we talk about this ridiculous cycle that you did yes. please because you you are really into your fitness aren't yeah. you I always see on your insta stories you've got mm-hmm. a little saved ta- yeah. uh, saved highlight there with yeah. your fitness routines um But what you undertook was no small feat. So tell us all about it. So my sister and I wanted to do something a little different for my 20th. So we decided to take part in a 260 kilometre cycle from Cassis to Monaco with an aid of Codwell Children. And Codwell Children is a charity that's super close to my heart. My brother, when he was born, he was very on the light, 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 very light scale of him on the autistic spectrum. And um. For me, that just opened my eyes to a whole different world. You know, here Mm. we are complaining about not getting enough likes and there's people out there, you know, suffering from autism. So for me, this has always been a charity that I want to try and raise awareness for, try and raise money for. So um, John Caldwell um, actually donated £2 million of his personal wealth to build an autistic centre. Two million pounds. Wow. So he runs this entire charity himself and he covers all the administration fees from, you know, the gas bills to the heating to, um, you know, the, the the laundry bills for the cycling gear. He covers that all. And every single penny that was raised via you know, my Just Giving page, by all these other cyclists, the, the balls he does all around the world, goes straight into helping these kids. So um, I cycled 260 kilometres, or the best part of it, my sister did slightly better than I did um, to raise money for Codwell Children. And I think all the cyclists together we raised about um, £100,000. That's so great. Mad. And then on the night there was like, I think £600,000. So I performed at the ball when I got to Monaco. Okay. So it was like, a, that was kind of a nice kind of end for me. I got mm, to perform. You must have been exhausted though. I was exhausted. I yeah. definitely needed carried on that stage. Um, but I guess you get the kind of adrenaline and it keeps you going. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just... I. It, it was. I want to do it again next year and do it faster and stay on my bike for longer without stopping mm. and having way too many granola bars. <laughs> but I loved every minute of it. What and are the main challenges then? Do you, you... Well, what what I didn't realise was when you're on a bike, you can easily go 50 kilometres if the road's straight and downhill because you actually don't pedal that much. Yeah. But <laughs> when there's any... I you just realising. <laughs> but when there's any sort of hill... It is a challenge. <laughs> and like, I, I had to get off and walk so many hills. Like, it just wasn't even funny. And like, I wasn't alone. There was loads mm. of people walking these hills. I think it's very different from, you know, like going to the gym and lifting some weights and stuff to actually getting Completely. out there on a the bike. Like the muscles and the the conditioning you need must be just so different. Mad. And what I can't kind of, imagine. What annoyed me more was these pit stops, like every kind of, 40 kilometres we had like a pit stop yeah a granola bar stop yes exactly there's all these granola bars and chocolate and pasta and obviously all these people are professionally just they're built they're probably metabolism's going so much faster than mine because they're cycling way heavier stronger Mm. faster they're eating all these biscuits and chocolate and I'm like here I just I deserve that I know but I was kind of annoyed at myself because I was like this is the first time in my life that I actually don't want biscuits yeah I don't want chocolate I just want like, I don't know, like a protein bar, like some nuts, yeah. a bit of fruit or something. Yeah. But there was none there. 
So did you end up feeling like, yes, you know, you'd, you'd What's cycled the point? All, those, all those miles and burnt all those calories, but then yeah. eaten your what weight in chocolate bars? I, I ate my, ate, there was these biscuits. It was like half white chocolate, half dark chocolate. And it was just in one biscuit. Sensational. <laughs> so yeah, I, that, you know, I was doing 260 kilometers and all I was thinking about was biscuits. <laughs> oh my God, well, at least you had something to get you through to the next pit stop. You're right. But you were um, saying when you were 13 that health and nutrition became really important for you mm. and you realized how you could just fuel your body so much better and do you still find that today that you are you even because I mean we're all so into it now aren't we we're all obsessed with I think that's Instagram for you like mm-hmm. all into our healthy eating and I mean this is a press podcast and mm. you know all about the health but yeah does that how do you fit that into your daily daily routine no I think Health and fitness is a big part of my life and it really is. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me sane. You know, when I'm stressed, the best thing to do is just get on, get to the gym or get down mm. on a yoga mat and lift up some weights. Um, for me, I, I, I am always hungry and I don't, it doesn't matter who I speak to. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter if I have carbs in the morning, lunch and dinner. I'm still the same level of hungry. So for me, it is just about eating well all the time like literally eating well and if I want to eat loads of the eating well do it and just not worry about my weight because I think there's this great guy on Instagram I follow and he says you know whether it's a thousand six hundred calories of health or a thousand six hundred calories of fat still thousand six hundred calories and although a lot of people are like okay well I can just eat the burger and I'll still be under a thousand six hundred calories and I can still lose weight I don't feel nice eating burgers and I don't feel nice eating you know white bread so it's better for me to just you know have my green juices I go out and my favorite is charged up the orange one oh Oh, delicious and seapress um and I love their um you know their falafel salads I love that so I might as well just enjoy my calories that make me feel nice. Yeah, because you're getting nutrients at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. And I think people forget that. At the end of the day, it's not all about calories. It's about how you feel. Yeah. It's about, you know, my, my, my skin is great. My skin is great when I'm eating salmon and falafel for lunch. Yeah. My skin is not great when I'm having white bread and, um, you know, a bit of ham and cheese. So no go. Yeah. No, it's so important. I think there's... um, Kind of along with this culture of going to the gym, there's this thing about, you know... <sighs> If it fits your macros, have you heard of this? Yes. I just think it's such a, and for anyone listening that doesn't know what that means, basically, if you're tracking your macronutrients throughout the day, you know, you know how much um, carbs, fat and protein you want to eat. It doesn't matter where you get them from. That's the premise of it. But of course it matters. Like, of course it matters whether you're having really good welfare um, animal produce or a really cheap burger from wherever. Or, you know, even better if you're actually having... Um, more plant-based mm-hmm. foods and organic foods and it's just yeah it's crazy this would be a great question for you because there's probably loads of people at home yeah go listening on. and wondering it. ask me the question so my favorite diet I don't like using the word diet but essentially as a diet is paleo yeah what do you think of that because obviously it's a lot of dairy and what is your thoughts on dairy um well if you're strictly paleo you would definitely not eat dairy okay um, so if you're paleo, you're, you're basically reducing grains. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's like the easiest way to think of it. Okay. Um, but most people that are paleo that I know, because they are so health focused, they tend to omit dairy anyway. See, I did this, but I found that the only thing I liked was Greek yogurt. And mm-hmm. all the books I got in paleo was like Greek yogurt and berries. Yeah. Because there's no grain. Yeah. What would you substitute your Greek yogurt for? Because... The only problem is these Alpro yogurts. Yeah. Alpro is my actually my favourite like non-dairy drink, but yet their yogurts don't match their their, their milks essentially. Because no. their yogurts are filled with sugar. They are filled with sugar and they are filled with a lot of thickeners and stabilizers yes. as well. Um, which their milks are too. What? My yeah. So because it, I mean, if you're gonna try and make something act in the same way, it's like all of these um some vegan cheeses are actually really clean and the ingredients are pretty good but if you want if you go to the supermarket now like a big supermarket and you can buy vegan cheese and you turn the pack over you, d- you can't pronounce pronounce half of the words on there and it's because they're trying to create something that acts exactly like the animal product it's from but actually what people need to realize if you're going to omit um dairy and animal produce from your diet just eat the things that aren't that so eat whole foods like grains and pulses and um, you know, if you want to make almond milk, make almond milk or buy one that's just almonds and water and a little bit of salt. Um, 
but yeah, my back to your question, my opinion on dairy is, and if you were looking to substitute Greek yogurt, I would first of all say, well, think about yourself. Think about you. Like, why why are you doing this? Do you does it when you eat dairy? Do you feel unwell? Do you get bloating? Do you get uh, skin flare ups? Do you get um, symptoms of inflammation? You know, are you actually exhibiting any kind of intolerant symptoms and if you are then fair game you know my, my cut out dairy. this is a great point because but i if feel you're like not, we're all just cutting out things because it's trendy and i have just been shut down because i love dairy shut down why am i cutting out dairy just because i think it's you know a trend at the moment you know yeah, you're yeah. right maybe i should just carry on eating my dairy i think so long as you it's all it it depends what yeah it, it depends what your reason is if you're wanting to do it because you're really passionate about animal welfare or you're trying to be vegan you know for environmental reasons great you know good for you you know you do that but if you're coming at this from a kind of what makes me feel good what really fuels my body what sustains me what do i thrive on and you do really well on dairy then that's fine mm-hmm. but the only thing i'd say is make sure you're buying really good quality organic dairy that doesn't have hormones and all of that kind of stuff in and you know if you're if you're having ice cream it's rare that it's organic milk for example mm. but you know it's a great like I was saying about the pizza I would be tempted unless you're you're allergic I'd be tempted to choose organic Greek yogurt over Alpro in, imitation yogurt that's actually got substances and compounds in that your body doesn't really know how to deal with because it's not natural but this- this, I've been That's waiting for this my advice. Opinion. Waiting for this advice all 2018. This is amazing. And now there's a trend on Instagram at the moment about oat milk. And I actually saw you had a lot of oat milk in your fridge. I do. Madame, please I do. fill me in on why I need to jump on the oat milk <laughs> wagon. Well, I think the reason we buy oat milk is because it's just really tasty in compared. Like I tend to not have dairy myself I won't um if I'm at a restaurant and it's slipped into my food like that's fine but I've always suffered with eczema and I find that my eczema is much better if I um go low on dairy I'm quite good with goat's milk as Mm. well because that's got a different it's a kind of different protein um but yeah oat milk is just really nice in porridge it's just really yummy and I think it's it's naturally a bit sweeter than almond milk um and it froths quite well if you want to make like a frothy matcha or a frothy coffee mm. and c- calories wise because I know not for me but I know a lot of people worry about the numbers is it not quite high in calories because it's oats yeah and oats are actually out of all the cereals that oats have about 10% fat um so they're quite they are quite fatty I mean say quite I mean it's not the same as like butter um but I just don't really give a shit about Brilliant. calories I really don't I you know live an active lifestyle and I eat what makes me feel good. I'm really health focused and calories don't really factor, I'm afraid. Gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> if only we could all think like that. I just think, yeah, you know, mental health and everything. I've definitely been there in my life where I cared much more about where I looked in comparison to other people. Um, but I just don't now. I don't know what's changed. I, you, last year when my mum wasn't that well, I, I got super thin and I just, I was doing all the right things. But I feel like this year it's been a lot harder for me to get on to almost like my peak kind of, you know, weight again. And it's not necessarily because of my body image and the way I'm looking. It's just because of the way I feel. Mm. I'm just, I, I, I don't feel as great as I used to. And I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain as to what I was doing differently. Um, I think it might just be like cutting out greens again for me. I think that just might be my thing. Yeah. Greens just aren't that great on me. Um, but that's why we love sea press because they have so many grain free <laughs> But I just, I mean, I think as well, like think about how you, what was the headspace you were in when you, were, when you felt mm. better about yourself in comparison to now and, you know, what's changed. It's not always about what you're eating. It's about you know, the emo- your emotional kind of baggage and maybe you're holding on to, you, you know, there's, I really believe there's a really powerful connection between body and mind. And if you're kind of holding on to stuff and you're not fully committed to something, then yeah, you probably won't drop the weight. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I think, I don't know, it's just so much stress about it all, isn't there, In at the moment? Yeah, my mum's quite good when I speak to her about this because I do get quite down about it sometimes. She's like, you know what, back in the day when there was no, you know, juices and there was no, you know vegan XL cheese XOXO you know they had a very simple lifestyle and you know the obesity rates were a lot lower you know Mm. that doesn't exist because everybody you ate when you were hungry ate what you wanted but you didn't overeat yeah you know I feel like because 
it's a trend at the moment talking about all this food we're actually all eating a wee bit more and I know yeah. that I'm bad at that because I'm always thinking about it and I think it's healthy so it's okay um but I think it's just all about balance you know you yeah. nailed it on the head with that it's all about yeah. balance so I like to be reminded so thank you Grace you're so welcome um let's talk then about uh your various televisual appearances mm-hmm. um you love to grace our screens love it uh the most recent one you did was is it E4 driving school yeah. All-Star Driving School All-Star Driving School. I watched a couple of episodes. Well, actually, I watched the episode when you didn't pass. And I was so sad for you. Uh, funny enough, I actually just texted my driving instructor a minute ago and I was like, um, can we book a lesson for this week? So you are actually, it's not just something you did for the TV show, you're actually I learning. I am actually actively trying to pass this test. I, I this, is, this is the podcast of shame right now because I, <laughs> I, I have been doing less. I've actually already set my driving test once before that show okay and I'd done about probably about 20 hours of lessons I'd sat my automatic first and I failed my automatic Talia I got two majors two what majors what did you do so I was turning around about and I just didn't do it very well someone beeped me one major and then I was doing a double cross light someone beeped me oh double major so yeah driving isn't my forte but I hope to get back behind the wheel soon you know and I I love tv because I feel like I can people get to know me a little better Mm. you know I think Instagram social media is one thing going live is one thing but you know I I think with tv is they really get you in your raw moments they really get you when you're not thinking about how you look how you feel and what you're saying yeah you know for the first hour behind that driving wheel I when all these cameras are on me, you're like, yeah, great, this is great. I can see all the right things. I can drive all the right ways. But, you know, when you're two lessons in, you know, doing, you know, 10 hours days, you're not thinking about how you look. Yeah. You're not thinking about what you're saying while you think about driving. It's the real raw you. So that's why I really like TV. And I can just be myself. So mm. um, definitely hoping to do a lot more over the coming years is just a add-on to my singing and um, do you feel then that you can't be yourself on your social media I think there is definitely a barrier on social media as to oversharing so I do hold back a little bit on I don't often post that many stories of myself unless I am like at an event mm. or um yeah really only at events or whether like I'm all dolled up to go out somewhere or like a night out with friends but on like a on a random Monday, like I wouldn't be Instagram storying myself right now. It's totally opposite to me. <laughs> like I just I feel like I just use Instagram as an excuse to talk to people about my life. But I think that's great. I think that's I think that's your role too. <laughs> and you have amazing things to share and you're doing good. Like every single story but I you see. You have things to share, for sure. Yeah, I do, but I feel like I'm focusing on so many other things. It's not always the first thing on my mind, mm. i.e. you are there to help other people with your nutritional goodness whereas me it's like and essentially people want music from me so I'm more I I need to be writing song lyrics like half my day I'm walking around with my voice memos in hand singing into my phone yeah writing my writing my lyrics on my notes and um you know thinking of melodies so yeah you're not kind of really I'm not really thinking about oh I should be instagramming Mm. this cute flower um (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I love Instagram. It's great, but there's there's a there's a boundary for me. Yeah. So given that your um, fans um, and followers will probably listen to this episode, is this is this stuff that you would you feel like you would actually like to share with them that you don't? And have we already touched upon those things? Yeah, this is actually great. I have the most amazing fans at the moment who are always making me edits and are teasing all these birthday edits they're making. And, you know, I really want to say that it honestly does me so much. You know, I am very early doors. I have come from the little smallest village in Scotland. And I know it's very easy to, you know, read these things online. Like, you know, almost a bit like you said, you know, how does someone have access to Elton John? Well, I didn't, you know, Mm. I just made the most of that situation. So to all those little girls out there sitting in their bedroom or little boys sitting in their bedroom thinking, how could I possibly ever get there? How could I possibly ever do that? You know, you really can. You've just got to take the first step. Yeah, it's the courage, isn't it? I mean, that must have been so scary. It really is. And I think if you were young, now is the chance. If I was 20, walking up to Elton John might have been a little bit different. Even if I was, you know, 40, I think it's a bit like, 
you know, personal space. Yeah. But when you're young, you know, little girl yeah. with big goals and big dreams, I think you get away with it a lot more. So so all my little girls out there, this is your chance. If you see someone, uh, whether it's, you know, a, a famous painter that you know or a successful painter, and you, do you have pictures of your work on you? If it is... Uh, you know, you know, a footballer. Do you have like a like I don't know, a tape of you playing or your your artwork, a catalog that you mm. can show him of your talent? You know, I think you just got to be ready for that moment. And I touched upon this in my TED talk, and um, I I just spoke about finding your thing and just running with it. Yeah. So to all the girls out there, you can honestly do anything you put your mind to. I was when I was growing up in Scotland, I literally got bullied left, right, and centre in school so much to so that I used to go and sit with my Vita and salmon. This is what I used to be obsessed with, Vita and salmon. When smoke I was salmon? Smoke salmon. Ravita and smoke salmon. With that cream cheese? Yes, yeah, but it would be dry by the time lunch came because it would be wrapped in tinfoil. Uh. And I would go sit on my own in the music um, classrooms. We had these little pods and do all of my homework, sit there on my own just because Bless I didn't you. want to walk along the corridor just because I couldn't face just all these names shouted at me. Mm. But I was so determined from a very young age, it didn't bother me. I was like, great, I don't want to waste my time on these people. Yeah. I'm going to focus on me. I got great grades in school I worked hard for them just because I knew I didn't want it to um you know deter my project I didn't want it to hold me back I getting bad grades so I think if you put your mind to anything you can do it mm. and also you know put down your phone honestly stop stop looking that's my advice just stop stop comparing yourself stop you know um looking at other you know for me other pop stars who are my age doing the same thing you know well yeah they're they're not my age they're not doing the same thing they have massive teams of people they have record labels they have you know agents you know it's there's so much more to the piece of the pie yeah so be patient believe in yourself and just smile more honestly smile you can't be angry when you smile I swear if you're ever angry just put a smile on your face and it's like you actually think about what's about to come out your mouth you're like oh that's such good advice such good advice and in a way a really lovely message to end the podcast with but I do have three questions which I have to ask you fire them away um the first one is uh if there's one thing in your life that you could do again what would it be if there's one thing in my life that I could do again would it, it be that concert what, like you know for Elton no, John I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that again that was uh, the, the concert was everything and more I wouldn't want to do anything differently I think I nailed it I think I did my that was my dream fulfilled yeah one thing to do again I think I would stop stressing about you know in my head stop stressing about wanting it so much and more just enjoy the process okay you know I think from a very young age I just like I, taking a step back from taking the situation, a step back yeah. from the situation being like you know what I'm actually doing really well um, and almost giving myself a pat on the back because I never do that. Mm-hmm. I am always, you know, looking at the next goalpost, essentially. I'm always, you know, pushing myself to do the next thing. Um, you know, uh, just just always working on something else. Just actually take a step back and just go, wow, you've done that yourself. Yeah. Like, be proud yeah. of yourself. I mean, I, I know I keep going back to it, but I am so in awe of the fact that you had that confidence to just do what you need to do at that time, take that opportunity and seize it. And because I mean, I find that really hard in my own life on such a lesser scale. But part of the job that I do for Seapress is um, I do lots of like influencer management and reaching out and all of this kind of stuff. And the other day I was in a really lovely cafe, cafe in Notting Hill and um, having brunch with my husband and Venetia Falconer walked Mm in and shout out, hey, Venetia, um, if she's listening. And I just think she's fantastic mm-hmm. and really great girl. I really love her podcast. And Nick was just like, go over and say hi. I've also, you know, she's um, she's had some C-Press stuff before and everything as well. And he's like, you've got that connection. Go over and say hi. And I was just like, I, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I find that really, really hard. And I think it's the same feeling that you would have had, but on a lesser scale of actually just got to bloody do it you've just got to do it you've just got I to did, take the first I'd stop I'd like to say I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> I got there but I know what you mean I, I it's it's almost like you're you're putting yourself on the line and you're kind of inviting and expecting some sort of judgment well the problem 
it's just this simple with our generation is we're afraid of rejection because totally. we everything is so sugar coated. We believe that it's a uh, you know you 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 get your your first break on the first go. You don't. It doesn't mm. happen like that. You've got to put in the hours. You've got to take the risk. Yeah, it's like we were saying. No one is an overnight success. You don't see the knocks. You only see the successes. So yeah. you know, with every with every success, there are ten knocks that you don't see. Mm. So you know, d- d- embrace the failure. Embrace the the turn down. Embrace the awkwardness of maybe being turned away, being turned down being told yeah please get out of my personal space yeah. but that, that's that's the whole point of growth yeah. and that's the that's the the lovely part of um you know learning and you know finding yourself mm. so well done you you killed it um so my second to last question is what's one thing you could change in your life if you could if there's one thing I could change mm-hmm. I would love because I live in London now and my family don't. If there's one thing I could change, it would be my family living with me. Yeah. I'm such a family girl and I'm constantly flying back and forth to see them. And if I could have it my way, that we would all just be living together in a little house in London. Why do they live in Jersey, given that you're Scottish? So it's actually, it's a very, again, this is quite a deep story. My grandmother sadly passed away um, Five years ago now. Gosh, that's crazy. Five years ago. And we lived on the same road as her. Like, we, we almost, we were there every single day of our life. And um, the moment she passed away, it was, Scotland was just never the same. You know, we would be driving past her house every day. Um, and we needed to change. Um, so we wanted to move to London. We really did. But I've got two younger brothers who are um, now 13 and 10. And un- selflessly, my mum was like, I can't do that to them I have to give them a garden I have to give them a school that gives them space and freedom yeah. without worrying about you know any kind of the dangers that London brings um so Jersey was this kind of happy medium that they discovered they went there for work one day and they'd only ever been once and they just fell in love with the island I mean it's when you're there for the first time you are like wow this is the most incredible place and don't get me wrong I love Jersey it's mm. amazing it's so beautiful I love it but you know for me my family I just want them near me yeah. you know I just want to be on this journey together and my mum still manages me I still work with my dad your um, dad is your producer isn't he, he? Is indeed and I technically I do keep that on the lowdown because there's a stigma against you know working with your family and working with your parents but you know if Elton John says that my songs are brilliant and um you know that, that, yeah, that he believes cares? in me if it wasn't for my, my dad and our his songs then Elton John wouldn't have you know picked me yeah or said that I could open his concert so you know don't ever knock that you know I don't yeah. care what anybody says um but I'm such a family bunny family is my everything you know I'm I love my little brothers and I love flying home and putting on like buying really tacky birthday decorations off of Amazon to make them like a nice birthday I love that kind of stuff I'm such like a um like a, like a family girl. So if one thing differently, I would definitely love them to move down. But again, patience. Mm. I just need to, you know, be a big success so that I can buy them a house and they can move here. Yeah, everyone listen to Tali's Yay! music. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, the name of the podcast is State of Mind. And mm. I always ask everyone, what does state of mind mean to you? State of mind means happiness to me. It means feeling comfortable in my own skin. It means being okay with sometimes not being okay. It means being thankful and grateful for everything that, you know, God has given me. And it it means just being surrounded by my amazing family who are healthy and well and being patient. Yeah. Patience. Patience. Patience really is a virtue, guys. It's not just an Instagram quote. <laughs> um, and so anyone wants to listen to your music, they can find it on So you Spotify. can go hit me up on Spotify. My new single is called World on a Slope, where I'm, you may be able to find by the time this comes out. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so yeah. go on to Spotify right now and find World on a Slope. It is all about everything we've been talking about right now. Amazing. Mental health. You know, uh, the troubles of Instagram, stress, happiness. You can find me there. iTunes, Apple Music, Instagram. Plug away. You know where I am. Tally Storm. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Thank you, Talia. Woohoo! Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Talia. I really hope you enjoyed it. I think it's good to know that celebs go through the same daily struggles as we do. And actually, we're all just trying to navigate the aisles of supermarkets to make the right food choices whilst forging the right career path for ourselves, making sure we have enough family time, practicing kindness to ourselves, and the list just goes on. 
If this episode resonated with you or you just enjoyed it for what it is, a girly chat in a studio somewhere in West London, then please rate us, subscribe and leave a review as it really helps to get the podcast into more people's ears. We're taking a break next week for Christmas, but there'll be a brand new episode for you ready on the 2nd of January 2019. And to play us out, here is Talia Storm's World on a Slope. I'm trying to deal with the